What's up, guys? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Alicia. I'm Xavier, and this is Undressed, Changing the Narrative. We're just two people navigating new roles while continually engaging in dialogue about love, life, and dating. If you want to support us, go ahead and head to BeUndressed.com. I repeat, BeUndressed.com. And follow us on all social media platforms at BeUndressed.co on Instagram and at BeUndressed on Twitter. Perfect. Yeah. So last week, we talked a little bit about how dating is trash, and we probably are too. If we're not undressing the things that prevent us from engaging in healthy sexual relations relations with our partners. Yeah. And this week, we want to <laughs> talk about um, just health and all aspects of health, mental health, physical health, emotional health, and how it impacts your relationship. Yeah. So I read this article. Um, it was How Mental Illness Affects Romantic Relationships from uh, April Edelmeyer. Um, and she said there's three ways that mental health can affect a relationship. Um, so we're just going to run them down. Um, the first was shame, guilt, and resentment. Um, it can cause stress between both partners because one partner is feeling shame and embarrassment because they have to admit that they have a mental illness. Mm -hmm. And the partner can cause stress because, hey, I'm frustrated or I'm confused because I don't know how to handle this. Mm -hmm. Or in some cases, like, I don't want to handle this. <laughs> There's some shit people in this world now. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to suck. And then the second uh, she talked about was intimacy problems. So, you know, mental illness can affect, you know, you being interested in having sex mm -hmm. and you know and that could be because of what maybe you're already starting a treatment or something like that or mm -hmm. the condition of your mental health mm -hmm. and I know you know it can also cause your partner to feel inadequate or you know have low self-esteem mm -hmm. and then all of that results in a decreased amount of time for you to bond together yeah you know on an intimate level whether mm -hmm. it be sex or not sex you know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last was the risk of codependency, which is huge because, you know, your partner enables you to continue to do the poor strategies or continue to use the poor coping mechanisms that you have, you know, whether it be, oh, if I'm struggling mentally, I'm going to go get a drink or, you know, I'm going to go do some acid or some shit like that. I do acid all the time. Hey, some people do it. What I say? Uh... I don't like the way cocaine, I don't do cocaine, but I like the way it smells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and that's just, you know, in codependency, the partner starts, starts to derive their self-worth off how much they can, they can help the person with the mental illness or how much I can take care of you instead of, like, you know, being secure in yourself and being able to help your partner stand on their own. Yeah, and I think that speaking from our experience that we've kind of, my mental illness, I do suffer, um, I do have depression and anxiety, and I think that the way that we started the foundation of our relationship, um, so spilling some tea here, um, we hid our marriage for a year, a two year years, a year and a half, two, two years. Um, and for me, that was when we made the decision 
to um, do that, it was like, well, why are you ashamed of me? Like, why don't you want to tell your family about this? Why, why don't you want to let people know about our marriage if we're so in love, you know? And that put me in a place where, okay, now I believe that he's ashamed of me, and that's how our foundation was built. Which so, was not the case, y'all. <laughs> not the case. So it was like when, you know, he made decisions to go hang out with friends or he didn't want to spend time with me or go to the beach or whatever the case may have been, it was, oh, he's ashamed of me. He doesn't want me around. Because that's how the foundation was built in my perspective. Not necessarily saying that that was the reality, but it was my reality. Yeah, and I think just talking about us again is like when I when I grew, you know, and became better, I think that foundation always kind of crept back in mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I grew as a person, but you still have to deal with, hey, this is how I felt in the beginning of our relationship. Right. You know so saying? for me, there was there wasn't that safe and vulnerable space where I could say, hey, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with anxiety. I think that you're going to leave me every time you leave the house. Um, And it got to a point where, you know, I was holding on to all of these things because I didn't feel like I had a safe and vulnerable place to be. And I think it wasn't until I was diagnosed with postpartum depression after I had Brixton that I realized, like, hey, I should probably go talk to someone to address these things because... I was having thoughts that weren't safe and, you know, thinking about making permanent decisions off of my temporary emotions. And it got to a point where I knew that I needed to be, if not around for myself, but around for Brixton, you know, and um, going into the, the, the two aspects that you talked about after the shame, the guilt and the resentment, I did develop codependent behaviors because I wasn't coping with all of the negative emotions that I had. So I built my worth and my entire being on being a wife and being a mom. And I lost who I was or why I'm even here. I can see that. I can see that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just in some, you know, for relationships, for both partners, um, in order for you know, to be able to work through the mental issues. Both partners need to try to build as much awareness as you can on how to cope, healthy ways to cope, and try to work on those skills with your partner every day if you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was just some tips that I thought were cool. Um, so just like any problem, education is the, the, the first step. You always got to educate yourself on mental health and some of the things that, you know, come with mental health. Um, I think educating yourself and understanding, even if it's not you that has the mental illness, you know, or is struggling with the mental illness, if you can educate yourself on, hey, okay, this may be why she acts like this or he acts like this, you know what I'm saying? Um, And then practicing good communication skills is a huge one um, so that when, you know, your partner does go through some things mental, mental, mentally, or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean, not whatever. But <laughs> they do go through things. You know how to understand them, and you know how to, okay, 
Alicia jump off the deep end when she's going through some things mentally. So you know what? I'm going to give her a little space, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit. A whole Netflix episode, right? A whole Netflix episode. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to episode one. And then another uh, another tip was to commit to self-care. Um, and I think this is a big one to, to get away from the codependency. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you got to take a, hey... I know on Insecure, it was like self-care Sundays. Self-care Sundays. You know, you know that's so. when you take care of yourself on Sundays. And then Mirror Bitch was like, girl, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love Insecure, guys. You don't know. And then if it gets to that point, you know, where you feel like, hey, I'm really, really not in a good place. Maybe I should seek help, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes a very strong person to seek help because it's not easy. Absolutely. Um and then last was have realistic expectations. And this is for my fellas. Having realistic expectations. If your partner's struggling mentally, I know by design I've always been a fix-it person. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to fix it. Let's fix it. Let's fix it. When sometimes people don't want to be fixed, and it's not realistic to just be able to fix a mental illness, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so I know I was listening to a podcast um, the other day that was discussing – how to support someone or be there for someone who has either had a miscarriage or made the decision to get an abortion. And it was, you know, hey, this person may be grieving the life of a child um, that they have already created a head in their uh, space in their head for, or even grieving the relationship of the partner that they conceived this child with. Um, And so I know one of my friends, Miranda, anytime I'm going through something, she'll text me or call me and she'll say, how can I best support you right now? And I think that's important in all relationships, um, whether they're friendships or you're a dating relationship or you're married or whatever the case may be, just saying, hey, how can I best support you right now? Because the way that you know and have understood to love and support someone may not be exactly the kind of support or love that they need. You know, they may need support in a different way. And I think it's important, like you were saying, to ask. Yeah, so I completely agree. Um, You know, having somebody, maybe it's not your partner at the time, maybe it's a friend or maybe it's a family member that understands, like, okay, hey, what can I do to help? You know, and I think that's big. So shout out to Miranda. Um. So the next one we'll touch on is physical health. We're not going to jump too much into physical health because I think, you know, you know if you need to be healthy or not. I'm not trying to call nobody out, but I kind of did. Um, so just the benefits of physical health, um, it reduces stress. Um, it can build confidence if you're lacking in those in some of those areas. Y'all, yeah, you guys can't see this, but Xavier is sweating. Like, he has sweat. Why you got to call me out? It's hot. I got a no. You got me in here with a crew neck on <laughs> under a bunch of lights. It's hot. All right, I'm My sorry. AC is off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not because I didn't pay the bill or nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's going to pick up, and I don't want y'all to hear that. Um, and then the next one is to build some just some you time. So, you know, for me personally, you know, I go in and I go get my lift on and just knock it out and try to kind of put all those thoughts that were in my head, just get them out for a little while and work out and, you know, feel better about myself afterwards. And then if you are going to work out with your partner, it's more time with your partner uh, to build a bond and to set goals and, you know, 
hold each other accountable. So physical health, I think that's a big one, especially for me, because at the end of the day, I want to be able to run around with my kids in, you know, 10 to 15 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Got no words. <laughs> so... I don't, for those of you who don't know, um, I am an emergency department nurse. I work at a couple hospitals, um, and occasionally I do pick up in the ICU, and um, these last, my last few shifts were just emotionally and physically draining, just the kind of patients I cared for, um, and, you know, a couple patients didn't make it, and it, it was just really hard, and one of the cases that stuck out to me was a 47-year-old female who died of a massive stroke and, you know, some of the main arteries that supply blood to her brain were completely occluded. And it's like these were, these could have been decisions that you, she made over her lifetime where this event could have been avoided. And I think when I, when I think of physical health, I, I want to be around, you know, and 17 years from now, I don't want my children to be grieving the loss of me because I didn't make healthier decisions, you know? So if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your kids, do it for your nieces and nephews, do it for your little fur babies. Um, just do it for someone. Do it's it for the vine. <laughs> vine. Oh God. <laughs> no, but I do want to touch on something. Um, September is uh, suicide awareness month and I just want to let anyone out there know who's struggling that if you feel like no one loves you, Alicia loves you, Xavier loves you. Um, I fuck with you. <laughs> you are here for a reason. And even if you, it's hard to see your worth and the purpose of your life right now, there's someone out there who does. And don't be afraid to ask for help or tell someone you're struggling. Um, it, it takes a lot of strength. Um, to tell someone. So don't think that anyone's going to think less of you because you have these thoughts, because that person is going to think you are so strong for coming to them and letting them know what you're going through so that you can get the help that you deserve. Yeah. And as a person, if somebody does come to you, don't brush it off or make joke of it or make light of it, because that can make the situation worse. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, I don't feel safe right now. I feel like I may do something. I don't want to say I feel happy, but I would be glad that they came to me because I know I would try to move mountains to make sure this person is okay. Even if, you know, this isn't my best friend or this isn't, you know, my significant other, mm -hmm. you know, it may be dude across the street from the house. Like, I don't know him from Tim, Bob and Jeff, but if he come and say something, hey, I got you, dog. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think. And we always say this in the military, the key is empathy and not apathy. So you got to feel for people mm -hmm. and understand that, hey, this could be me or this could be somebody that I love going through this. And I would want somebody mm -hmm. to be there for them. Mm -hmm. so. And I do want to say in all transparency, um, I have really been struggling lately. And the other night, Xavier knows when something's wrong. So he'll just text me and be like, have you eaten today? Typically, the answer is no. But <laughs> it's always <laughs> Y'all, I forget to eat. It's bad, especially when I'm just mentally going through it. And so the other night was Xavier's night with the kids. And I was like, hey, can I just sleep on the couch? And Xavier took it as, 
oh, she just wants to work late, like whatever. But in actuality, I just didn't want to be by myself because I was going through it a little bit. So just recognize if you don't want to say something, just make sure you're putting yourself in a position where you are around someone, you're around love, um, you're around support because times get rough and sometimes it's not easy to say anything, but just make sure that you have plans in place so that you're safe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm not going to toot my own horn and say I knew something was wrong, <laughs> but I could see it on Alicia's face when something isn't okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told you already, I'm a fix-it person. So mm-hmm. me trying to get back from that, I'm like, okay. Like, if you need, you know, me casa es su casa. She tried to eat me out of house and home already. That's when it wasn't away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, like, just... Understanding people, understanding, you know, I don't want you to do anything to yourself, not because, you know, not because, you know, I don't, we got kids together, or like, hey, you got to pick up these kids, you got you to gotta stay, <laughs> stay alive, <laughs> no. but no, nah, because I genuinely, you know, care about you as a person, and I mm-hmm. know you can do so much, so many big things, mm-hmm. and it's just a temporary emotion, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you were out there struggling... Um, just know you are not alone. Please do not make a permanent decision off of a temporary emotion. Know that someone is here for, for you. And if no one's told you today, I love you. Hell, shoot me a DM if you feel like I, hey, I pull up. <laughs> Maybe. It's weird. I, I ain't going to tell you what we got. But, yeah. So the next topic we're going to talk about is emotional health, which we kind of have already segued into that. My Segway scooter over here. I hey, see you. Not on purpose. <laughs> so there was a there was an article. It's called Ten Ways to Love Smarter." Um, all ten of them. Some of them just didn't seem realistic to real people. So I took a bunch of them joints out. So it's probably about six or seven. Um, so we'll jump into them. Um, the first one is let your lover know what you feel, whether it be good, bad, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, just let them know, hey. I'm not in a good place right now. Um, or I don't think we're in a good place right now. You know, that doesn't mean it has to spark an argument or spark a debate, but just let them know, like, hey, things aren't okay and maybe we should do something to kind of fix that or try to work at something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the next, the next one was show support and love that your lover needs. So I think you touched on this a little bit earlier that, Mm -hmm. you know, we all, you know, you love people, but you don't know, you don't always know how to love people. You only know how to love from what you've seen Mm -hmm. and what you think is love, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think for me, that was a big one because, and it's still a big one because like I said, we were married for seven years and I've always loved Alicia but when she needed a certain type of love, I just didn't know how to, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just learning that as, you know, trying to be the best me I can be and try to work on myself, understanding, like, hey, it wasn't because I didn't love her. I just didn't know how to love her. Right. So uh, the next one um, was when in doubt, ask. So don't let those thoughts bounce around in your head if you you know, got a question in your head or feel some type of way, just ask your partner. I I guarantee your partner much rather you ask than to sit on it and then it blow up and to be something that's not. Right. Um, and a big one 
be prepared to work at relationships. Relationships is the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Um, Facts. I think just knowing that, hey, this ain't going to be easy. I got to work at it. And if I continue to work at it, just we said physical health, I kind of use it as working at relationships the same way you would work at your physical health. So, like, daily. Nothing's you know, going to happen overnight. Exactly. Daily I work out. Well, I need to be working out my mind as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one was watch out for emotional memories. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there may be some, you know, bad memories that you have about sometimes or something. Um, don't let, you know, maybe your partner showing a little bit of that alter how you and your partner interact because of that situation or whatever happened, you know? Right, right. I know I was... I'm really bad at this. I've experienced some trauma in my childhood and I do have many triggers. And I think it took some years, um, one, two, for Xavier to understand the depth of that trauma, but for me also to feel safe enough um, to express. But in that, I had to recognize that what are these, these, what's the fuel to this this fire that you're seeing? And it, it took me to recognize, whether that be by myself or with a third party, a therapist, recognizing what my triggers are and why these triggers are, are bringing up my past trauma and why am I relating that to Xavier? So I think it's it does take some, some insight um, in that aspect and recognizing what your triggers are. Yeah, I make a lot of jokes a lot of times. Some of them just do not go over with Alicia. No. I'm going to be honest and say, almost all of them shits don't go. <laughs> no, I have a sense of humor. I think that it's just, you know, there's a time and a place. I don't see time and places. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the next one is uh, the only problem with mistakes is not admitting them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a sense where, for me, like, if I made mistakes or, you know, like you said, made a conscious effort to do something when I knew it was wrong or something like that, you know, not running from it, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. Being able to stand up and be a man and say, hey, this is on me. I'm the guilty party in this. How do I, how do we work together for us to fix this together so it doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. Or just standing up as a woman. I mean, Mm -hmm. as humans, we're flawed. Um, we are going to make decisions that may hurt someone, um, but saying, hey, I take full responsibility for this action. I think sometimes just in society, oh, I made a mistake and hey, I made a conscious decision and effort to do this thing. They are used interchangeably. And I think that there's something wrong with that. I think there's a comedian that was like, oh, I just, you know, fell in it, fell into it. Like, no, 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 that, that's not a mistake. Like, you made a conscious, conscious effort to perform this act or engage in dialogue with this person or, you know, whatever the case may have been. But like you said, I think it's important as humans, whether you're a man or you're a woman or, you know, whatever you identify yourself as, taking responsibility for that action that hurts someone. Yeah, you got to own up to it because if you don't, and I know historically I don't think I can do any wrong, but when you understand, like, okay, like I hurt somebody that I love, you know, even if, you know, sometimes you may not think you're wrong, but being able to admit, like, okay, like 
this is what happened, but I never meant for it for you to be hurt in this situation. So being able to just own the way you made somebody feel or, you know, your actions. Mm-hmm. And then last one is a big one for us is use change as an opportunity to grow relationships. Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, we're not together. We're not living together. Um, but, you know, we started a podcast. We have a business. Mm-hmm. What else we do? We parent we together. To, well, that's, that's a given. <laughs> but we started we have a YouTube two small channel, humans. you know. Um, and that's all, you know, after yeah. it was decided that we were going to separate. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're kind of using this situation to not only grow as friends, um, but, you know, to just grow as people. And mm-hmm. it's cool for me to still be able to grow with my best friend and probably one of the people that I love the most in this world. You know? mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. I, I think it's awesome that we we do have two young children together and I feel like a lot of the situations that we've seen in the past, it's like, oh, my baby mama crazy or my baby daddy ain't worth shit. Like, that's, I, that's probably not too good because <laughs> you is crazy and I know I ain't shit. <laughs> but, but you can continue. Okay, I got we'll, you. we'll continue. We'll continue. <laughs> But we want to do this because we want to change the narrative of what co-parenting looks like. And we have two children together, so we're going to be a part of each other's lives. And I think it's so important to show Brixton and London, hey, mommy and daddy may not be together, but all I see between them is love and respect. And whoever I have the opportunity to grow with or whoever Xavier has the opportunity to grow with, they will understand that there's nothing but love and respect between us. And most importantly, our children will see nothing but love and feel nothing but love and respect. And I think that's important. Yeah. So we got real deep, y'all. <laughs> I almost shed a couple tears. Yeah, this is um, a big episode. Yeah, episodes. but bad days, bad weeks are going to happen. Just know that you're loved and you're supported. Yeah. Yeah. What are you listening to? So right now, um, there is a artist named Larry June. I've been listening to this song, Water in My Plants, for like the last week. Uh, he kind of got like a Dom Kennedy vibe, and I don't even listen Love to Dom. Love Dom Kennedy. I don't listen to Dom Kennedy. Dom Kennedy. But they, I, they look alike. Let's just say that. And then You they think sound everyone looks alike? No, I don't. Will Smith and Davies? Don't look like. Slap some braids on Will Smith. Sir and D Smoke do not look alike. Well, I, what about Sir and Pusha T? Mm, I don't think Snapple so Snapple facts, they look alike. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so I've been listening to that song, Watering My Plants, for like the last week. It's, it's kind of got an old school, uh, it's got a sample, I can't remember what, I think it's a Mary J. Blige sample or something like that on it. Um, and then D Smoke, we were talking about Fly. Love him. That's a, that's a jam. I've been listening to that for the last couple of weeks. And it's another artist that I've been listening to. I cannot, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> the dude's name. <laughs> it's B-L-X-S-T. Now, I got my suspicions. <laughs> but I hope, because I was wrong about black. I was calling the dude Six Lack, mm-hmm. because it spells Six Lack. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to say his name, but he got a song called Hurt that I've been jamming. It's, it's hard, too. It was on my Instagram story, if you follow me. What about you? Um, so me, I like to switch it up. Um, sometimes I like to listen to music a lot. Sometimes I listen to podcasts. Sometimes I listen to audiobooks. Um, 
I, right now I'm listening to an audiobook called The 50th Law, and it's by uh, 50 Cent, of course, and um, Robert Greene. Robert Greene does most of the, the narrating of the book, and 50 yeah. Cent kind of, <laughs> 50 Cent, he kind of does some of the introductions. He does the introductions to the chapters, which is pretty cool. I like audiobooks, and I ain't going to say nobody by name. But I read a couple audio books that was you from the audio. Read a couple Damn, audio. That's how you know I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a couple audio books. <laughs> I listened to a couple. Yeah, you know I'm lying now. I listened to a couple audio books. Just one, was, guys. Uh, Just one. It was like three. I ain't finished two of them. <laughs> but it was three. But the person that the book was about, they read it and it was like, dog, you got enough money to write a book? You got enough money to pay somebody to read this shit. <laughs> Do not read this shit. <laughs> but yeah. No, but it's a it's a great book. Um, one of the things that it talks about, it's it says things that happen to you, they're not positive or negative. Things are gonna happen. Our mind is what determines whether they're positive or negative. So if something negative happens to you, there are two ways you can look at it. You can look at it as an opportunity for growth, um, a learning experience, so on and so forth. Or you can look at it more so as this happened to me, woe is me, I'm going to sit, I'm going to be on a pity pot about it. And I think that's important. Um, I think we see this in 50, you know what I mean? If something bad happens, shit, if anything happens, he looks at it as a way to further himself, his career, his shows, his music, whatever he's working on at that time. And I think that is a great mentality to have, you know. I guarantee you, he didn't think about that when he got shot. Yeah, he did. Because it was nine times. Nine times. It was after he got shot that he created his first mixtape, yeah, and no, like, it went. No, it was true. crazy everywhere. Not true. Well, he did have a mixtape before, and then his label dropped him after he got shot there because go. there was too much danger surrounding him. But. <laughs> Well, don't put danger in air quotes. You got shot nine times. But then afterwards, he released a song called Fuck You because that's how he felt. And then he made a mixtape. And it was when that went, I, I guess it, it didn't go viral because that was back yeah, then. But it was like a, they went on mixtape campaigns. So wax. whether it was, you know, passing out the fucking trunk or whatever the case may be. And it was everywhere. And it was then Eminem picked him up and signed him with him and Dr. Dre's label and so on and so forth. But I think that that's a great mentality to have where you look at these things that happen to you as opportunities mm-hmm. rather than what was me sitting on the pity pot. So that's what I'm listening to right now. I love it. Um, of course, I still have my music that I'm listening to, but that's what I'm, I'm mainly listening to right now. Okay. Shout out 50 Cent. So the Lakers and the Rockets play tonight. Um, the Lakers are up 2-1. Uh, for Houston, uh, maybe a bad day for you guys. Uh, Rockets play. Astros play. The Texans may give you guys some hope tonight. Hey, we about to, hey, throw them dubs up. We're getting three W's tonight. <laughs> Hopefully one. Two out of three is not bad. Um, but we all know the Lakers are going to win tonight. They'll go up 3-1. Thank you guys so much for tuning in another week and listening to us. I hope that you've learned something from this. You've gotten inspiration or hope from this. And if nothing else, just know that someone loves you and someone needs you in this life. Facts. Um, If you're going through it, just know it's only temporary. Um, If you need anything, 
find somebody. No. <laughs> I, I ain't of, the one. <laughs> I can't think of shit to say right there. I was like, you don't call me. Nah but, <laughs> nah, but for real though, in all seriousness, um, you know, mental health is a real thing. And I think it took me going through something to understand that. So I would, you know, we kind of do this to help somebody coming from coming behind us. So if you feel like you, you know, it's too much or you can't handle it or you feel like, you know, hey, I want to do something maybe to end it. Just take a deep breath, you know, just kind of just keep taking it in stride. It'll get better, I promise. And you can absolutely slide into my DMs because. Come on, dog. No, not in a bad way. But <laughs> if you say slide into my DMs like that's no. Hit me up. <laughs> Contact me. That, that's what I'm talking about. Contact me, like the school nurse used to say. What? Y'all ain't have a school nurse? Yeah. Contact me? That's what your school nurse said to you? Yeah. Is that is that normal? Maybe she was trying to slide in my DMs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and end it here. If you're struggling, you can hit me up. I will help in whatever way you need to be helped. Facts. Fuck with us like you're stuck with us, because you are. Thank you.